Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, in our front nine, we begin 2024. A new year is on the horizon. Uh, Pro golf back in Hawaii. We get into that. Tease our upcoming 2024 content plans and a couple of new stories from the world of golf as well. And this week's guest is on a trek to play every single golf course in a state that's very near and dear to my heart. We get into all of his journey in the game. And when we always end with food, we're flipping the calendar to a new year. And I'm talking all about the January diet agenda and a lot more. All of it brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. We're heading into the new year. It's time to put a new focus on your game. And it's time to plan for all those events that you have coming up on your horizon. Uh, whether you're an event organizer or you're just a golfer that loves playing in a lot of charity events with those swag bags that you see all the time. If you want to elevate your swag bag at your next event, be sure to get Desert Fox Golf involved. Get a phone caddy for yourself and you'll see how amazing the phone caddy is. It's the best phone holder in golf, period. And from there, be sure to have Desert Fox Golf at your future golf event. It's super easy. If you have a golf event coming up and you want phone caddies given out to everyone at the event, hit us up on Instagram at COL Podcast with a message about the event information. We'll take it from there. We'll do the business side and get the cool stuff at your event. And you could get a cash referral just for sending the information our way. That's right. You're already playing awesome events all year. What better way to reward yourself than with a cash referral and awesome swag from Desert Fox Golf for you and your golfing friends. Again, all courtesy of our friends at Desert Fox Golf. Interwebs, and welcome to Course of Life. We are proud to be presented by our friends at Desert Fox Golf and the Live Tag app. I'm Michael. He's Alex. And Alex, Happy New Year. Indeed. It's 2024. We made it through all it was 2023. And it's uh, it's here. It's time. The calendar has turned. And that means it's also time to start a brand new calendar year. Now back to the calendar year. That's PGA right. Tour season. No more wraparound season. They start with the new signature event. We're now in the signature event period of the PGA Tour, this sure. era. Uh, so we start with what is really typically, well, a good field. It till to me kind of is a hit and giggle kind of event in the Century Tournament of Champions. It never really means much. That said, you still get a lot of big names out there. The big names missing, however, from Maui this year will be defending champion John Rahm. I wonder why. 72-hole record holder Cam Smith. Uh, But it's okay. Scotty Scheffler will be there, the number one ranked player in the world. That's right. Yeah, it's Hawaii time. Whenever you flip the calendar, it's always that mental reminder that we're starting anew. And you mentioned it. We're not doing the wraparound stuff. It's an actual calendar season that starts in January and ends in the fall for the PGA Tour and the best golfers in the world. John Rahm's absence definitely going to be yeah. the highlight of the week. Obviously, we kind of had the bomb drop uh, right before the holidays got going into overdrive that he was heading to the Live Tour. That's right. He took the Saudi money just like a lot of other best players in the world have. Uh, and so now he's not not going to be here at the season opener, but overall uh, feel pretty solid. The century used to be the tournament champions. Bottom line, we're at Kapalua. It's golf in paradise and always nice to see right in the middle of the winter to have a, a beautiful palm tree venue for, for the start of uh, 2024 golf. Yeah. Um, 
of course, outside of Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland is out there. Patrick Canley, who's been very busy this offseason uh, in the boardroom. Yeah, for politician sure. Pat. That's his new nickname. Yeah. Oh, man. No more icy. No more Patty Ice. It's now politician Pat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark round out your top 10 players in the world that'll be there. The two missing, of course, are going to be John Rahm. And, uh, and and one other who seems to miss a lot of these events now, even though he was campaigning for them. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Mr. McElroy, uh, not mm-hmm. in Hawaii. It's a beautiful resort. It's a nice little way to kick off your winter roars. And I know you're probably spending some extended time with the family this holiday season, but... Yeah, it's just like maybe another sign just showing how, how dejected and tired he is from fighting the good fight for all this time. And he's just like, like I can't even bear to, to show up at this opener. But regardless, uh, still a pretty solid field. Uh, Going to be interesting to watch who emerges. It's always kind of curious to see who wins these early, early season events and who, um, who comes out hot out of the gates. Um, we always talk about Victor Hovland in tropical locations. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. say he's maybe one of my picks to win it this week. All right. Keep an eye on uh, threads to uh, see Alex's picks there yeah, as well. Threads as, and Twitter uh, on Wednesdays. I'm going to get that going again. We're going to lean in the uh, the weekly winners. If you remember, Mike, I, I think I had I, I lost count. I think it was like nine or ten outright winners yeah. in 2023. So we have a, we have a tall burden to bear to match that. I don't know if we needed a third hand to count your winners or if we just filled up two hands. So it was a a lot last year. Good year for the golf bet. So we'll see if we can keep it rolling again. Follow along at at Threads, Course of Life Alex, and Twitter, Course of Life One for all the picks Wednesday. And since we are entering this new uh, signature event era of the PGA Tour, Mm. that means the OWGR, the official world golf rankings, has made some adjustments so that we can give out points during these events. Again, these new signature events are 80 feel, 80 players or less, no cut, and they're going to give points. So, again, a no cut event is getting OWGR points. Yeah, I can, I can understand the 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 whiplash and and the feedback on that because it seems a little bit contradictory to previous language that we've heard. Um, but it's just it, it's the softening, I guess, a little bit the the softening of the PGA Tour stance well, on, on the way they're allocating these points. It's just, just it's an interesting unravelment as we start the year. It's also obviously I think the argument is going to be let the PGA Tour signature events can, you can play into. It's for the top 50 players, right, or something. And then there's there's spots for how you played over the previous three or four weeks. So you can get into these events as well, as opposed to on live with no cut fields. It's just you're in it for the entire season. It doesn't matter. You're there. So I, I get that distinction, but I still hate that these are no cut events. It's so it strange, and and I mean to 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 kind of roll it all into what's going on as well too. We're we're wondering, you know, how we're going to you know separate the PGA Tour and the Live, or how they're going to come together. And there's been all this talk about them kind of separately coexisting while the agreement is being worked out. But but now it, it looked like you know we you and I had been talking for months about will an agreement get done by the end of the year? Will it get done by the end of the year? It didn't. It's it's not. It wasn't done. But they got more time now, so it's okay. 
So what, yeah, so apparently there's some sort of an extension basically for the PGA and the PIF to figure out the framework of this vaunted agreement that they put in place a few months ago that's never really come to fruition. Uh, so the extension was officially announced as well. So we'll be, we'll be waiting. Uh, I, I wait for the day when we see that handshake across the boardroom photo uh, where the agreement's <laughs> finally done. Are they going to come back on CNBC for a victory lap? Is that what's going to happen again? I'm, I'm sure we'll get a whole other media tour for, for agreement number two being finalized. Let's face it. The only reason they were on CNBC is because it's owned by Peacock. NBC is owned by Peacock and Golf Channel owned by Peacock. So instead of them going on Golf Channel, they went on CNBC. So they're Follow keeping the it money. in the family. The money. I love keeping it. it in the family. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, let's look ahead to more of 2024. Um, and let's talk about what, what we got on the books, what we're planning. We had a banner 2023 uh, in terms of everything that happened on this podcast, of course, highlighted by that week-long trip to Ireland. Thanks again, as yes, always, sir. to our friends of Tourism Ireland. Um, we went to TPC Sawgrass as well to wrap out the year. You went to the PGA Merchandise Show last January. We're going again in a few weeks. That's right. We, I will be there as well, making my first trek down to sunny Orlando. Uh, and And there's a lot more really on tap that we could be doing. Yeah, I think it all starts kind of there with the PGA show. Can't wait to show you around. It's basically become my home here in the last couple of years and a great networking opportunity for us. But for anyone who's in the industry who knows, it's basically like the Super Bowl of golf business is what I'm calling it. There's every single club manufacturer, merchandise and style and apparel brand, and all sorts of lifestyle and accessory brands that are on hand showcasing what's new. It's awesome opportunity for us. We get to see all the brands, interact with them all, find great content opportunities and do great interview content as well too on the show floor. There's going to be a lot of names there. I'm starting to see the list of who's going to be there. So I'm excited to have you in tow and I'm going to show you around. And uh, I think this might be probably a little bit of the start of you kind of testing out what, what your new clubs might look like. I know you've been teasing the idea of getting some new clubs. So I think this is going to be your first venture because you're literally going to get to see the, the latest and greatest from every manufacturer in the game. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll have new clubs by the time we hit the PGA show or not. But, uh, you know, I have been using at this point my set of Tommy Armors I've had for. Oh, boy. Uh, maybe close to 20 years. And, <laughs> yes. I, and I bought them used. <laughs> You have, yeah, and then, and that's saying something. That's an understatement. You are due. I'm about due. You are due with a capital D for new, for new irons at minimum. Overdue. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see everything on display there, and obviously that kind of kicks off our our 2024 content. Um, the things that I'm looking forward to, you remember last year, I uh, went back out to Hyatt Regency Tamaya for the PGA Professional mm -hmm. National Championship. They have moved that this year to Frisco. And I know I've shown you a little bit of that new Omni branded headquarters there in Frisco. That's where they're going to be having that club pro event for the top 20 who get in the PGA Championship. So we'll be sure to profile some players there. That, that trip's all but locked up for me. And who knows, maybe you parlay that into a, a, our first major championship credentials at Valhalla this, this May. Uh, anything can happen anything is possible anything anything can happen you never know you know that that pga uh headquarters there in frisco just down the road from some family that i have there so you know that's happening that's late april so you can look forward to that in the spring and then i already got it earmarked late in the summer mike i've i've i've, I've already planned 2024 travel around the idea that i will be back pre labor day week 
in Massachusetts. Huge news, as we highlighted in the last month or two, about the LPGA coming back to New England, and not only back to New England, but bringing professional golf back to TPC Boston, where they used to have a PGA Tour event for years. Uh, And I'm looking forward to covering pretty, uh, pretty much the entire tournament week, if I can. And isn't that isn't that like right around your birthday too? It is Re- leading right into it. I'll have to check the exact dates on it, but I'm always around Labor Day weekend, so it's going to be awesome to to see that back on home turf. Uh, trips planned? Nothing flight wise booked beyond the show yet. I'll be doing the Florida trip. We'll get some more Vegas content from a trip in April for sure, and maybe some Illinois golf. I think again for myself. Hmm. Uh, where, where where are you heading this year? Uh, there's a family reunion that's going to be happening just north of Knoxville. I, I'm sure there'll be a round of golf going on in there somewhere. Nice. Okay. Uh, a lot of golfers in 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 the my wife's side of the family. And uh, the the nerds that we are, we're going to be headed to Indianapolis in the late summer for Gen Con, which is a. Uh, are you ready for it, Alex? Yeah, a convention board, for what? Board games. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, that's yeah. neat. Interesting. So, so we'll be headed out there for that for sure. So those are the ones that are really set in stone right now that we know are happening. Good stuff. All right, cool. So that's a little bit of a look at what our 2024 is looking like. Again, we thank you for listening and be sure to follow along and subscribe if you already haven't to the pod. And also our second platform is over on YouTube where we're putting together videos pretty much on a weekly basis. Our most recent one was the last video, 2023, showcasing some really weird and wild and unique Christmas lights here in Central Texas. Uh, This coming week, it's another one of those Texas towns, Mike. This time I got out to Dripping Springs. I teased a little bit of this, but I was walking through abandoned school buses, giving myself childhood memories in the back of a driving range. Uh, all sorts of fun to be had in Dripping Springs, Texas. That coming off that visit to uh, Dripping Springs Country Club a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was uh, some exciting pictures, at least, to see in the little videos you put up on Instagram of what's going on there. So I'm excited to see what else is really going on there at Dripping Springs. Where, where, where did you sit in the, the school, bu- school bus as a kid? Were you front, middle, back, window seat? Where did you, where'd you usually prefer? Uh, at the very least, the last couple of years that I was on the bus, it was like third or fourth row, and I would sit down. Yeah, the front. I, don't, I don't mind being in the front either. I kind of like being close to the driver, seeing out the front big window there, yeah. and also having a window seat to look out to the side. So uh, we'll take you through some school bus memories in that upcoming video as well. So be sure to check out Course of Life podcast on YouTube for all the videos and full podcast episodes as well. Let's uh, do a little revisit to Tuned In um, and talk about things that we're watching right now. I, yes. I don't have much. I've been playing a lot of uh, Harry Hogwarts, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, whatever it's called, the Harry Potter video game. Um, which what I you can mean say for the is, Switch? I just got that one for my wife for Christmas. It is for the Switch. The graphics on the Switch are horrendous, mm. uh, but the game is fantastic nonetheless. Okay, well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Yep. That, that's been popular in our household as well, too. So I'll be sure to check in on, on my wife's stats in that game. Uh, my tuned in was uh, wife's pick for her birthday last week, our last day in Boston before we left. Went to the theaters and saw Anyone But You, the rom-com mm. out with Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell, uh, Austin, Texas resident in his own right who starred in Top Gun. And I, I'll have to say, Mike, these are all pretty formulaic rom-coms. You know, you, 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 once you've seen a few of them, you get the idea of where they're going. But this one hit very nicely. It was done around a wedding weekend, destination weekend in Australia. They showcased a lot of Sydney, which is a city I had actually been to. So that was cool throwback memories for me. Plot moved nicely. Very steamy couple moments. 
I'm going to go about hmm, 8.2 out of 10. I usually just give it a straight 8, but I'm going to give it the extra 0.2 just because I was intrigued by the storyline throughout the movie and, and there were some good laughs. Mm. All right. So I'm going to ask between uh, this one and yep. No Hard Feelings, mm. which one's better? Because both include, uh, let's say, um, eye candy. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are parts in both of them. Well said. Um, yeah, I would say, let's see. No hard feelings, more unique plot points and, and kind of more wacky. Anyone but you much more like formulaic, but did hit a lot of emotional points towards the end of the movie. I would say anyone but you by a hair. Um, and I don't know. Let's see. Ju- un- unbiased opinion. Sydney Sweeney versus Jennifer Lawrence. No, neither one of them are really super my type, but I'll go Sydney Sweeney by a hair as well. Ooh, okay. All right. There you have there it. it is. All right. Let's uh, get to the turn and let's get to this week's guest. Alex, of course, we know you were born and raised in Massachusetts. I grew up just north of you in southern New Hampshire. And um, I did not play a lot of golf in Massachusetts, but you spent all of your childhood playing golf across the state there. And uh, so that means this next guest really kind of hits home for for you. Definitely. Yeah. And maybe one of the only people I've met that I'm confident has played more golf courses in the state of Massachusetts than I have. I, I, I hit them all at one point in my teenagers playing all those tournaments in the summers. Um, but this next guest, Sean, who not only runs a really cool golf account, which we'll get into, but he also does some writing on the side, showcasing everything that's great about New England golf and uh, his journey and, and the, where the courses are, that it's taken to him are, are, are fascinating. And he also does some great photography work on the courses and highlights all that as well, too. We'll get to a conversation with Sean Melia in just a second. But first, let's talk to you about the Live Take app. This is where debates in the world of sports and, and elsewhere, really, not just sports, are solved once and for all uh, by random strangers you don't know on the Internet. I love that. I love it when the Internet chimes in because they are the true unbiased judgment here of any argument. It's easy to have a little argument with your buddies around the couch at the living room table and just say the same person's right or wrong all the time. When you when you throw the argument out there and it's me versus you head to head and we're debating topics and sports and life and pop culture and the Internet gets to vote, that's a true poll to tell you who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, what's particularly interesting to see that our, our live take we did this past week where we spent five minutes uh, debating via audio something on the app and y'all can listen and vote. We, we said who was going to have the better New Year's Eve? Whose plans mm, for New yes. Year's Eve was better? And uh, I kind of just kind of I, I think after we stopped recording, I said to you, Alex, uh, that that's a shoe in for you. You're going to win that one. Well, right now, Alex, the people agree with me that I have better. I had better New Year's Eve plans than you. So you went with the relaxed early night in, not yeah. getting out of the house. Yep. You know, seizing my own day in the comfort of my own home. Yep. I did. I did a little bit of a mix where we stay. We stay out for dinner. We get back home. We do stay up drinking just past midnight and go to bed by one. Yep. So it seems like. People are, are just done, maybe in mass, done with the midnight thing. They, we're just team maybe. lazy, team indoors. Just we're chilling, and we don't really need to wait anymore. That, that was the, that's Could the be. vibe I'm getting from those results. That that's what it seems to say. And you can chime in and let us know what you think as well on there. You can find us on the Live Tech app, Col Podcast, Alex, Col Podcast, Michael. Challenge us as well to anything you want. You can do your own live take. You can do a regular text take and just drop your own statement and see what people think and whether they agree with you or not. 
It's really easy to get. Check out your app store for live take and download it today and let your take be heard. Next up on the tee, he's on a quest to play every single golf course in the state of Massachusetts, where I'm originally from, and he runs the Bay State underscore golf account, showcasing all the great golf in Massachusetts. He's also the editor of the New England Golf Journal. It's Sean Melia joining us on The Course of Life. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Very good. I actually just got back from visiting Massachusetts and the family for the holidays. We just missed paths, but I'm glad we could connect now. Like I mentioned before you hop on, I live in Texas where it's golf year round. I just got off the course as we're talking now. I'm curious for you, though, how you holding up during the uh, the winter off season there? Um, you know, I do OK. I I don't mind not playing golf. Um, I think about it a lot. I still have, you know, outlets to write about it and and uh, and kind of talk to friends and, and people about it. So I you you kind of get into a rhythm up here where you've got your you've got your winter season. Maybe you sneak out. There were a bunch of people uh, playing. We had you were up here. We had some pretty warm weather. And I didn't I didn't have a chance to play. I was at my mom's and I did not bring my golf clubs with me. So yeah. You know, I, so I'm I'm okay not playing. Um I think the last round I played was the middle of November. And, uh, and then I'll, I do a little bit of work. I'll get some lessons. Um, I'll go to some indoor spots and, and hit balls and grind a little bit. Um, so I feel like I'm ready to play golf when March, April and May roll around. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I'm pretty good at just taking it easy and doing some other stuff, uh, in the winter as well as just playing a little bit. Love it. Yeah. And I, I appreciated seeing the, the explosion of the alternative golf concepts, which we love highlighting here on the show. Uh, I did get to go to the new Top Golf in Canton, had a fun hour there, bashing balls with the train going by in the background, <laughs> which is a really cool experience. And I'm, I'm seeing X golfs all over the place. Um, how do you kind of stay fresh? What, what do you mix in? You mentioned you do some lessons in the winter as well, but kind of how do you stay fresh and game plan for the new golf season? Yeah, my so I have a there's a a couple spots that I like going to. We just had a five iron golf open in oh yes in downtown that concept Boston as well too, yeah. too. And uh, I last winter I kind of took advantage of a of a founding membership, so you could you got a little bit of a deal for the first three months, which happened to be January, February, March out here, and I could I could walk down there and they stored my clubs. Um, so five iron was is a great spot. And then there's another spot that I, I like a lot called pure drive, which is in Woburn, which is like 15 minutes from where I live. It's easy to get to from the city. It's run by Adam Koloff, who is a grew up and he's from Stowe. I, yeah, we actually had him on the show about three, four years ago. Small world. Yeah. Amazing. So he, I, yeah, I went to middle school with him. Um, he probably has no idea who I am, uh, anymore, but he, he runs that place and he's a great instructor. Very cool. And, uh, they've got a good setup there. It's, it's a little bit more like you go to practice when you go to pure drive. It's not a, there's no bar. Uh, there's, there's, uh, no TVs. Uh, you're just, you're signing up for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. And then I get lessons at core golf, which is out in Natick. They have uh, an awesome kind of year round. It's it's a open outdoor range. They have TrackMan on their range. So they have like these radar poles in the middle of the of the of the range, uh, and you download the app, punch in your bay number, and it'll give you carry numbers. Um, 
and then they have an, some indoor space and they have like a, a barn at the end where when it's cold and you're getting lessons, you can still hit balls into the, into the, into the range instead of into uh, a very wall. cool. I love the barn, um, especially when you, when you, when you're, when it's snowing on the outside and you yeah. got a nice warm barn where you're hitting balls out of, that's always a cool vibe. So yeah, yep. I mean, like you said, it, even though it is a seasonal golf destination, you can really play there and hone your game year round. Uh, let's speak to those outsiders. We have golfers from all over the world, but primarily, you know, we got California, Arizona, Texas, Florida residents that are thinking about maybe doing a trip up to Massachusetts. Here's an open-ended question for you, Sean. What do you think is like the biggest misconception about golf courses and playing golf in Massachusetts? When people from outside the state come or maybe play with you, they say, wow, I was expecting blank. What would your answer to that be? Um, I think I think public golf gets a little bit of a bad rap um, in Massachusetts. There's a ton of great private golf and if you if you look hard enough and you're and you're you know okay maybe driving a little bit outside of the city the public golf is is pretty good um and i've i've been lucky enough to find a bunch of places as i'm doing this quest that i had not played um in the first 36 years i uh you know have been alive that i've found so I, like i guess that would be it i think a lot of people think you know they think of massachusetts and they think of the country club um, they think of maybe old sandwich and myopia and Essex and, and the places that, you know, if you, if you're in Massachusetts, you've got to know someone to get onto and they're yeah, those are members only pretty strictly, yeah. extremely private golf courses. And there's a bunch of really good Donald Ross public golf courses that you can play, uh, both in the city and pretty, you know, close outside the city too. So that would be, that would be the one thing. If you're coming to Massachusetts and you don't know anybody still bring your clubs, the Cape's got some good golf. Um, it's not as good as I wish it as a, as it could be, uh, given like the amount of seaside land it has, right, uh, but yeah. public golf is, 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 is pretty good around here. Um, uh, if you're, if you're willing to look for it. And so you do a lot of course rankings. You go to all sorts of different courses, Massachusetts and abroad as well, but primarily in the Bay State. What are your bullet point, you know, your three, four, five factors that, that you're including when you kind of figure out these rankings of where courses stack up that you play? Yeah. Um, I think a lot about walk. I love to walk. So for me, that's, that's a big one. Um, even if it's a hard walk, I, I don't mind walking. I don't love going to places that put you in a golf cart and, and you've got a ride. So walkability, which kind of blends into the, into the routing. Um, I also just love to pay attention to, I talk. I think I, I talk a lot about you know playing corridors and and the ability to kind of hit different golf shots and not be stuck. There's a lot of golf courses in New England that uh, are very narrow and very tree lined. Um, I don't necessarily love those, so those ones sometimes take a little bit of a hit in in my rankings. Um, I try not to. Sometimes I think when I'm playing a place once, it's also the challenge of not. Uh, letting conditions or one pot, one little experience, uh, you know, sour the taste I might have on a place. Okay. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of people who love the place that I am playing and maybe I'm only getting to play it one time and they play it all the time and they have this, you know, they have this connection to it and I don't. Um, but you know, you can tell when a place is in bad condition all the time and it's in bad condition because we just got two weeks of rain. 
Um, so that's I, sometimes I think more about what are the things I want to pull out that don't necessarily matter to me as a as a one time um, golfer. A lot of people talk about pace of play. I try not to worry about pace of play either because it feels like everyone has that problem at almost every golf That's course. That's issue number one, two, and three in Central <laughs> yeah. Texas where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot about par threes and par fives just as as far as are they different? Do they vary? Am I playing kind of the same par three four different times where I'm hitting you know an eight iron 155 yards into the same kind of green? And then right. I look at greens too. I think greens in New England and Massachusetts are much of the defense because we don't have enough land for, for long golf courses. Yep. And so that's another, that's another thing I, I find myself looking at, um, a lot as well. That's a great segue, Sean, um, because I want to mention the most mint purest greens that I had the fortune of playing. Oh, about a hundred, 150 times over you and I are cut from the same cloth that quite, quite literally we were born the same hospital in a town called Concord <laughs> outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And I played all my high school matches at Concord country club. You got to visit that course, so did I. but for people who are outsiders, uh, who don't know that destination describe um, that course and specifically what makes it such a unique Donald Rouse design. Yeah, this is, this is the place that when I talk about playing a, playing a golf course one time and I try to separate myself from the connection, this is the place that I have a very strong connection uh, to. I, I, we went to different high schools, but it was both of our home course. So I got to play it a lot in high school and I got to play. I get to play it every summer now in a, an event called the Dawson Cup, which is a four ball. I play with a, yeah, a good I've friend. Yeah, heard about it. I, I finally just got back there for nine holes, but that that is a notable yeah. event for people in that area it's, for sure. It's and, a great. It's a great tournament. I play with a friend of mine, um, and our dads were good friends, and the four of us have gone on golf trips. So Concord Country Club is is a is a place close to my heart. The thing that's great about Concord um, is it has an incredible opening stretch of golf holes. The first hole is kind of a Donald Ross, nice, easy handshake par five, but it can still get you because you've got to hit a good tee shot. And then your second shot's over water to an elevated green. Um, You're giving me all sorts of flashbacks to my high school matches right now, as we we described this. I mean, it was a great, it was a great high school. Like you just, the home course advantage was, was, uh, it was pretty strong. The second (laughs) hole, the second hole might be one of the hardest par fours in the state. The tee shot is so challenging. You're hitting a long iron into the second. The land um, is stunning. It's really extreme. Uh, you're hitting. You're never hitting on a flat lie. You're never really hitting. Um, you know, there's no flat holes either. You're not teeing off and, and ending up kind of at the same elevation point when you get to the green. And the this the opening stretch. And, and people who, you know, I talk about the opening stretch a lot and then they say, well, the opening stretch extends into hole seven, eight, nine and 10, 11, 12. They're all really good. Um, so it's super hard. It can be really hard. It's a great everyday golf course. It's one I could play every single day. It's one that kicks my butt every August when I go play it and they dial it up and put pins in really challenging spots and uh, get the greens humming because they are, uh, you know, typical Donald Ross back to front, two tiers. If you end up in the wrong spot, you are, you're just three, you're going to three putt. Yeah. Um, it's a devilish course indeed. And a fun Donald Ross test. I, I miss it. And I was glad to get back out there. And um, one interesting, th- one interesting yeah. thing about it, sorry to cut you off is it's also a dry golf course. <laughs> um, so there's this kind of cool, 
vibe after you play. There's a little deck that looks over the first tee, and yes, <laughs> members members bring like their own coolers and hang out with, uh, you know, their beer or wine, their cheese and crackers, and maybe get a get some food from the restaurant. But they don't serve beer, but you can bring your own alcohol, which I think is. It, it's it's kind of strange, but it's also very much conquered in some respects. Um, and it's it's kind of a neat it's kind of a neat little quirk to the golf course. It is. Thank you for for including that. We were big fans of the nineteenth hole. That is a unique scene at Concord. Love that. Yeah. That's definitely my old G home course. Another one that's familiar to people kind of all around the golfing world because they formerly hosted a PGA Tour event is TPC Boston, which I know you've played with immaculate course and facilities. Uh, tell me a little bit about your your visit there, but also the the exciting news that the LPGA Tour is actually going to come back there this upcoming summer as well. Yeah, as a editor of New England New England Golf Journal, that was great news to have an LPGA tour, you know, announce that they're coming back after a very long time, not being here. And, uh, the golf course I got to play in May. Um, I have a, I have a friend who, uh, works for, um, a company up here and his boss is a member. So he, he was up for the day from New Jersey and gave me a call and said, you want to go play and checked it off my list. And I'd been there, you know, I'd watched, I'd been to the Deutsche Bank when it was the Deutsche Bank and Dell Technologies or whatever else they've called it um, over the years when the PGA Tour was there. It's it's very good. I am you know I'm in the process of ranking my 25 co- new courses I played this year, and it's uh, it fell third over the course of the of this past year of courses I played. Um, you know, kind of quintessential New England golf. It's not a super easy walk. There's a lot of long walks at TPC. Yeah, um, definitely. But the par threes, like I said before, what that I think a lot about, the par threes are outstanding. It's a par 73 when you go play just as a normal human being and not a, and not a pro. Um, I think the 12th hole is a par five and it might play as a par four when, uh, when the pros show up. I, I wonder what they'll do with the, for the women as far as trying to get par to 72. and. You know, it, so I, I really like the closing stretch of that golf course, particularly. I think 15 is a really good par four. 16 is their signature par three, uh, kind of a middle iron, short iron over water. 17 is a really charming par four dog leg where you, you can hit driver and bang it down as far as you want, or you can kind of lay up with a long iron or hybrid and have this, you know, maybe a, a shorter mid iron into a tiny little green, um, that looks smaller from the, from the fairway than it does when you actually get up there. Um, so, and then 18 is a, a really cool par five with a wild green that I, after playing it, it gave me great respect for guys who are getting up and down for birdie. Um, especially on Sunday, Yep. with a lot of money on the line cuz it's a it's a big green with a big fall off left and on Sundays from what i remember the pin would be kind of on the back right in the back right corner and trying to chip or putt up and over the over the ridge i mean it it's a really really kind of wonky green um, fans will remember so, the, the duels of Phil versus Tiger and Tiger versus VJ back in the day there at yeah. that tournament yeah and i think the LPGA um being there is just great i it's as far as I know, as of right now, it's the it's going to have the highest purse of any of the non-major yep, LPGA Tour events. Um, so that puts it kind of sixth on the list, I would imagine, with the five majors kind of coming in top five. 
I'm also intrigued to see what it's like with the Solheim Cup coming the week after. So the teams will be set, I would imagine. Um, so, you know, looking at what happened with the Ryder Cup and the Euros coming in fresh and having played and whipping the uh, the Americans last year, I would imagine a lot of the Solheim Cup players will be playing in Boston because the Solheim Cup is just, you know, a, a quick flight down to Virginia the next For week. Sure, yeah. So the, it, it'll it'll be a really great event. I'm interested to see what the Labor Day energy is like. Um, they're finishing on a. I think they're planning on finishing on a Monday still. So I, I don't know if that will make it better. I don't know if they're trying to just leverage what they had with the PGA Tour when it was here. That was the same kind of Friday to Monday window of time. But I'm excited for it to be back. I'm excited for Megan Kang to have a home game and Alexa Pano, who won on who won in Northern Ireland. Her she's 19 years old. She'll be 20 in next August. She's from Westboro. She's sponsored by the Patriots. It's just a it'll those two will be very cool. And maybe we get a cool Monday qualifier, some local uh you know, amateur Molly Smith, maybe, or somebody else who, uh, who's very good and very talented to, to make a little noise. So yeah, those those will be fun storylines for women's golf coming to the Boston area. That's going to be a great turnout. And I'm excited to be there as well too. Again, Sean Milia, uh, new England golf journal and Bay state underscore golf for all his golf course reviews, rankings, and content as well too. Let's just do a few random questions, quick 30 second answers for you before we wrap up here. Uh, destinations outside of Massachusetts, Pinehurst number two going to be the site of the U.S. Open this year. Uh, your quick thoughts on, on that U.S. Open track? Oh, I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, I'm I was looking back at the last two results at, at Pinehurst number two for men's U.S. Opens, and they haven't been they haven't been great. Michael Campbell and Martin Keimer were the were the winners. But that's right. I, yeah, I am. Um, but if it's anything like '99, it's the 25th anniversary of of uh Payne Stewart beating Phil Mickelson. Mm. So there'll be, you know, that'll be kind of a, a nice little um anniversary. And I, I'm excited for it. I think it's I just love that place. I've only been once. It was just a really wonderful week. I got to play number two. I got to be the first, I was the first group off. I was there by myself. My wife was with me. She walked with me. She's not really a golfer and was paired with three other people. And it was they were we were playing fast enough that they were telling us to to slow down because uh, we ran into people who were starting their round on... Uh, they teach people off on the 14th. But I'm excited for the US Open. Um, I'm always excited for the US Open. I always love watching it when it's a course that I've played or kind of have a, a little bit of knowledge of. Um, I'm hoping I can maybe weasel my way down there uh, to cover it um, in June as well. So it's, uh, it's a great place. I, I was talking with a buddy earlier today because I, I sent out a newsletter every Friday and my wish was just, I hope that the US Open is great at Pinehurst. And I remembered that Michelle Wee won the week after uh, Martin Keimer won because they had back-to-back US Opens. And I wish they That's would... That's right. Yeah. I kind of wish they were doing that again. Or my friend even said, what if they played at number two and number four simultaneously? Like, how cool would that be? So... All sorts of yeah, stuff our, you can do at Pinehurst. box golf idea like that is do the Solheim and the Ryder Cup at the same time at the yeah. same venue. Yeah. Yeah, so that's um anyways, but Pinehurst I'm excited for. It's going to be it's going to be great. Uh your favorite memory uh we cr- probably crossed paths at Augusta in 2022. Uh tell me what your favorite memory that sticks out from walking the course. Mine was just the elevation. I could not believe how much <laughs> elevation change was on that course because it presents so flat on TV. I so I was there in 2018. Um 
And I was there on a, for a Monday, Monday practice round. Nice. I, you know, the elevation is, is pretty, is pretty staggering. I also just, the, 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 the openness when you, when you first get there and you can, you can see more than you think you should be able to see as you walk kind of onto the main part of the grounds and you get to the, you get to the scoreboard. And I also found that I lost my bearings a little bit. You think, you know, maybe what, where the ninth green is, because that kind of brings you back to the clubhouse. But there's, there's these little things where you're like, oh man, the sixth, the sixth green and the sixth, the sixth, is it six and 16 are rat are very close to each other. So just kind of walking around and, and realizing some of the little pockets that uh, when you're watching on TV seem so separate from each other and, and they're, they're kind of close and then just how kind of open and expansive the, uh, the whole place is. And man, they have that thing dialed. I mean, it was such an easy experience being a fan there walking in parking is free. Uh, the, the gift shop is just, you can, they'll hold everything for you. So you're not lugging it around with you all day or they'll ship it home for you. So you don't have to bring it on the airplane. I mean, they think of everything there. It's uh, it's a pretty great event. And I mean, it's an incredible event and it's an incredible event to just be, uh, be a, a guest at or a patron, I guess is the, is the right word. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Augusta glorious place. Get there once if you can, if you're a golf fan, uh, uh, even go to Anwa, if you can just go to Anwa and walk true. on that Saturday, whatever day they have for the women's amateur, you know, just it's my buddies and I went and we walked the whole place backwards. We barely saw a lot of golfers. It was, it was Monday and it was just the experience of being there. Um, not even really seeing a lot of golf. Good idea if you just love the course, indeed. I love that. Um, Sean, let's let's do a couple quick suggestion boxes. These are some random ones. I didn't quite see them on your page, but you may have already played them. Uh, my only bragging right to my golf career is that I won one tiny little one-day junior tournament, and it was on a par 65 course, Wenham Country Club, Sean. Have you yeah. ever played that track? I have, because I, I used to teach up in Beverly, so that's, uh, that's another, that. it's <laughs> another part of... Um, another part of the state that I'm pretty familiar with. And I've played Wenham. I've played Wenham a bunch of times. I have checked it off the list. And that back nine is sneaky good. When you get out into like the rolling hills there, that's a, that's a, it's kind of a neat, um, you know, New England-y, drivable par fours, tiny little greens. Um, there's some, there's some good holes out there on the back nine on Wenham. It's a, it's a cool place. Very cool. And then my random suggestion, my favorite one, two, if you're looking for a true Boston dirt track experience is you head over to Newton and you go to Newton Commonwealth and then you go to Buff's Pub down the street for the best wings in Massachusetts. Have you been to either one of those venues? I have never in my life played. That's Leo J. Martin, right? No, it's Newton, Newton Commonwealth. Commonwealth. Okay. So those are two a different separate places, right? Itself. So I've never played Newton Commonwealth. I've also never played Leo J. Um, mm-hmm. They, so I have, so I can't say, and I've never been to buffs. So I appreciate the, the tip. Cause I always like to eat something before or after, after a round of golf, if I can find a local, a local joint. Perfect segue. That that might be our trip for you and I to, to, to meet up in the Boston area next summer. Uh, but we always end with our 19th hole question. So it's real simple. You get into the clubhouse, you know, your favorite 19th hole. What's the go-to order for you? What's your favorite meal and drink to order? So I, I listened to your Gabby Ruffles before I hopped on because she's a kind of an interesting character to me. Thank and you I for heard that, this yeah. question. So I was thinking about it. Um, it's a cheeseburger with fries. 
if I walk, maybe I'll, or if I ride, maybe I'll have a salad instead of the fries. And I'm drinking like some sort of light beer, or I also really love like a good fountain soda after a round of golf too. If, um, maybe I've got to drive home, uh, Good, a good draft Pepsi or draft Coke with a cheeseburger is is uh, isn't usually my go to. Yeah, that is Trident too. There is something about soda that hits after a round of golf that I can yeah, appreciate. It's so I, good, <laughs> I like that answer, Sean. Thank you so much for hopping on again. It's the New England Golf Journal. Check it out and on Instagram, Bay State underscore Golf on his quest to play every golf course in the state of Massachusetts. Thank you so much for hopping on and uh, hit him straight out there. Yeah, thank you. Course of Life podcast is brought to you by Zencaster. We've been using Zencaster here since almost the very beginning as how Alex and I record this podcast from hundreds of miles away. And it provides us with great quality audio that works every time. And it's something that makes Course of Life what it is and has kept us being able to make consistent episodes every week. And now it's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. You record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. You feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality even if the connection is unstable. And have you ever wondered what you actually sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. Head on over to Zencaster.com pricing and use our promo code COURSEOFLIFE to get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all of your podcasting and content needs. Again, that's Zencaster.com slash pricing and our promo code course of life. Zencaster, it's time to share your story. And we're back. Great chat there with Sean TPC Boston. It's going to be the highlight again this year. He said it was the number three course in Massachusetts. I'm kind of surprised surprised it's that low, honestly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a little – it's a beautiful course. It's always in great condition. It's kind of – it doesn't have a ton of character, I think, like some other courses. Like if you picture like a a North Shore course like up against the water or like a Cape Cod track that's got a lot more charm or something like that. So maybe that's where it doesn't get to the top of the rankings, but a beautiful course nonetheless. And again, I can't wait to get back there this summer. I'll be walking it for sure and excited to see the LPGA players and how their game stacks up against a former PGA Tour venue as well. So again, check out Sean, not only the New England Golf Journal, but his Bay State underscore golf account. If you're just looking for another beautiful golf course account to add to your feed, so when you're scrolling by, you see beautiful pictures of golf courses, Sean's the one to follow for sure. 
And if you like that conversation with Sean, plus everything else we do here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button. Leave us a rating of your choice. The more, the merrier. It is a new season. You got a lot of uh, new year, new season, new yep. stars to hand out. You know you you're feeling generous because resolution be nicer to everyone, especially in the internet. There you go. There you go. Follow us on Instagram, COL Podcast, Course of Life, Alex, M-W-R-I-N-C. We're on threads there as well. Twitter slash X. Alex is over there, Course of Life 1. You'll find me at M-W-R-I-N-C, but I don't do anything on there anymore. Um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. And Always End With Food is our Instagram account for all of our food content. I see a lot of cool stuff going up there as well. Before we really get going here on the back nine, I need to tee us off with a little little thing that that grinds my gears, Alex. Oh, fun! Wow. Oh, so we're mo- we're rolling some grievances over into the new year. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was New Year's. It's it's it, you know, and which meant at least here in the South, uh, fireworks galore. Oh yeah. Oh yes. My neighborhood and- is still riddled <sighs> with all the garbage today. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you can set your watch that uh, actually they're, they're now starting two or three nights before new year's as well. That's the fun little wrinkle yeah. in Austin here as well. Yeah. And, and at least here in Savannah, they do it on like every minor holiday, like mother's day, <laughs> they do fireworks. And, and, you know, I, I can, I can under, I don't really understand the fireworks, but I'm willing to accept the fireworks. What I don't appreciate is the celebratory gunfire. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> like, like, probably, and, probably and, a little over the top. And we're talking like they're emptying the entire clip. And it, See, and I, you would just, think the fireworks explosion would be enough of a yeah. celebratory explosion, but no, yeah. they have to top it with the with the gunfire du jour as well, too. That's lovely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, uh, to be perfectly honest, it's very unsettling. I can imagine how you'd find that unsettling, especially on top of fireworks. Golly, yes. what a sandwich. What a noise sandwich that is. Happy but New Year, everybody. Thank, thankfully, I can say let the dog, let Laika, while inside the house, does not get freaked out by firework noises. She's perfectly yeah. fine. Taking her outside to trying to go out like we did last night, when you choke on the smoke from all the fireworks as you walk out the door. <laughs> That was a bit more of a challenge. She didn't like that as the sound was bouncing around all the houses and everything. That she did not like. Yeah, we're lucky. Um, we got pretty resilient but, dogs with that stuff. Yeah. I know some people aren't as fortunate out there. So, um, yeah, it's New Year. And I think, honestly, uh, segueing to some quick football talk, re- really, yeah. resolution is throw 2023 seasons for both of our teams in the trash. What season? I don't even remember the 2023 season anymore. Yeah, it's bad. We're, we'll do the official eulogy on next week's uh, podcast, but essentially we got one more to go here. Slogging to the finish line for both of our teams. Patriots now 4-12 and 12 after they lose to the Bills. And, and I'm just going to say it. I, I think we're about to watch the last game that Bill Belichick coaches so, as, so as a member of the England Patriots. What happened here? Because earlier in the season, we were talking about this. We were like, nah, Bill's not going to get fired. He's not going anywhere. He just had his contract extended. He's sticking here until he decides to leave. Is he leaving or is he being shown the door? What is he's, happening with it's Bill gonna Belichick? Be, he's going to be shown the door in a nice, fancy, cooperative, mutual way, a.k.a. the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick mutually agreed to part ways. Now, what comes of that if he's got some other deal already lined up? We don't really know from there, but they'll bow tie it and they'll make it look as nice as possible. I feel like Bob Kraft's 
the owner of the Patriots, and he's pretty good about handling those relationships nicely, even on the way out. Um, but it's, it's going to be weird no matter how it happens because Patriots fans and, and NFL fans for that matter are, are just so used to seeing him on the sidelines and uh, that could change come next season. So a, a lot of question marks coming up here, but I'll, I'll save the official eulogy for a week from now. You know, I am curious if Brian Dable will be looking for a job. Maybe he'll want to coach the Patriots. I mean, honestly, poor <laughs> Patriots staffer familiar with the organization. Yeah. He could he could throw himself on the list of candidates if he if he's a free agent. I think we're looking at maybe Gerard Mayo, maybe Mike Vrabel from the Titans could come back to yeah. Foxborough. Good relationship with him. So I'll be curious to see what happens there. But yeah, what, what you guys, you, you're done with Dable? You, you're done with him? I'm done with everyone in the Giants organization, to be honest. <laughs> Get rid of all of them. Just cut the team. Just just burn it all to the ground. Fire full fire sale. Coaches, players, everything. Because all we really have right now is a horrible contract for a quarterback who hasn't played since signing the deal. So yeah, it's crazy. And now you and I, we're going to be doing the little top of the draft board dance with these QBs now, like for the next four months, because we're right in the thick of it, looking at about top five picks for each of us. So it's going to be very interesting to see what strings are pulled for the Pats and the Giants. But uh, thankfully, just one more game to go in the regular season for us. Can we also just real quick talk about the Lions and Cowboys game and how the referees are such idiots? Yeah, the whole reporting, the guy walked over, but he didn't see him reporting, and he caught that wonderful touchdown on the trick play, and it didn't count. Yeah, Literally right in front of the referee's face, and it was like, no, he didn't report as an eligible receiver to me. (laughs) The Lions have this aptitude for getting screwed over in weird ref call scenarios, and and Lions fans know what I'm talking about. I don't know specific examples, but there's been a few times where I feel like the Lions have really gotten hosed. Almost makes me wonder if they might get some karma coming back their way this playoffs in the form of a nice call or two. Uh, look out for that in the future weeks. But you're right that w- that was worth noting. That was that was an all time bad one. All right, for now let's uh, hashtag always end with food. Yep, that's right. Always end with food on Instagram. It's our food account. Our 19th whole segment to wrap up the podcast. It's here. Dry yep. January in the diet on full blast starting right now as you hear this i know a lot of us are dreading this week coming around um but it's officially here um it's uh heb card is ordered groceries are done it's going to be a lot of meats a lot of vegetables a lot of smoothies um granola granola bars heavy banana peanut butter month for me that's pretty much the main diet that i'm looking at for the next few weeks as we get ourselves back into form uh for 11 months of debauchery in 2024 I mean, the the real goal, though, is to be making significant lifestyle changes so that you mm. don't need to do these January binges or, mm. or you know, to, to, to kind of bring yourself back to normal. The goal is yep. to have your life change in positive ways so that you're just constantly in this healthy state. Aspirational. Um, and I'll let you know when I get there too. That's, that's very yeah. aspirational. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and in fact, that's, that's, you know, kind of what I've been thinking through too, is like, you know, we, we do these diets and they, you know, you do them for a month or so and then you fall off it because you get bored or you see results and you think you're good and you think you're making the right decision still, but you're not. And then you're back to where you started again. So, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is what I've been doing every year for the last uh, 10 years. And I'm going to diet vicariously through my wife's diet. Oh, I love that. Uh, a little sideline diet. Oh, a quarterback couch diet. Nice. You're just watching from the armchair. I love that. 
well, you know, Weight Watchers is expensive, so why should I pay for it too? And my wife is, so I can just, you know, use hers, and we'll just do it that way. Yeah, I mean, Oprah, Oprah <laughs> Oprah's basically ditching Weight Watchers. She freaking created the thing for, and she's leaving it for Ozempic. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't blame you right there. So, you could watch vicariously and enjoy that perspective as well. Really, my only thing that, that keeps me looking okay throughout the rest of the year after this month is, you know, I, I still eat whatever I want for the rest of the year, but. You just it's that consistency of the exercise. No matter how you get it in life, no matter what you call it, if you have exercise that is consistent and you keep it up past this diet season, uh, good things will happen to you. So best of luck to everyone out there getting their diet going, staying motivated for a new year. We're here with you out there uh, and uh, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks again for being part of another great Course Life podcast. We'll see you next week. 